Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. When bad things happen, have you ever been told by well-meaning Christians, everything happens for a reason? What about the phrase, God helps those who help themselves? While it's quite natural to desire explanations, these phrases, for one, don't appear anywhere in the Bible, nor are they very good theology in every situation. What we do find in Romans, we didn't hear that one today, but in, we hear in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This verse, which is spoken by the Apostle Paul, can provide comfort when we truly believe we are following God's will to the best of our ability. And it suggests strongly that God indeed has purpose and meaning and is active in our lives and in the lives of his people. But what the verse doesn't speak to is when we flip it around and somehow think we can manipulate God into our will and purpose or to think that if we just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, everything will turn out okay. In today's gospel, and in our story from Genesis that Jenny read, where Jacob doesn't give up until he receives his blessing, we have to be careful not to turn this into some kind of prosperity gospel. Because when Jacob wrestled with God, with the man, and he wouldn't let go, it was the first time in Jacob's life that he had thought fair. When the man asked him what his name was, Jacob gave him the right name this time. If you recall, he had cheated his brother Esau out of his blessing by lying about who he was. This was an intimate moment between Jacob and God. And while it invites us to wrestle with our own struggles with God, we have to be careful not to universalize someone else's experience. So while the pithy saying is another one, name it and claim it and the blessing is all yours, is a nice thought. It's not the gospel. It's not the good news. Because anything that tries to explain away injustice or horrible things that happens or to suggest that the oppressed or the abused just didn't pray hard enough or on the flip side to say that prayer depends solely on me and my persistence 
I don't know about you, but I'm already sunk. What happens on the days when I give up or get angry or have no energy? Am I not blessed on those days? What happens when people are oppressed or abused people not blessed by God? I don't think it works that way. And I think we have to be careful with our language, especially when we deal with somebody else's personal story. So what do we do with this gospel? A parable telling us to always pray and not to lose heart was supposed to be easy. And although at first glance, it sounds like our persistence is the point, it likely isn't because the unjust judge finally gives in to the persistent widow only to avoid being bothered. In fact, Jesus actually offers contrast between God and the judge. God will grant justice quickly and willingly, not on the basis of our perseverance, but because of God's gracious nature to act. Theologian Karen S. Parker believes that this contrast is the point of the story. But she also invites us to hold in tension God's grace with our actions. Parker, Parker says our action is a response to God's prior action, and that we act not in order to win his love, relationship, or approval, whether we are freed to respond when we recognize that God's purpose is what is right. And that is actually God's grace. It is God's grace that empowers any of us to even persevere, to hang in there, even when we don't understand God's activity or seeming lack thereof. I shared in the grapevine where I have kept... Um, journals for literally the past 25 years. Some of you may have seen that. In them, I do offer thanks and praise, but I have also begged, cried, whined, accused God of not caring or about the world or me or you. Yet, when I take a moment to take the time to look back over the record of my life with God, those very times when I thought God was the most distant, I discovered I was answered in ways I could have never dreamed or imagined. These are the moments that keep me praying, that keep me hanging on and not losing heart. These moments keep me believing that God can use my life. The context of our parable is Jesus talking about the coming kingdom of God. Now, he's headed to Jerusalem where he's going to be killed, and he knows it's going to be difficult for his followers. He just urged them not to go the way of the sword, but to trust God's way of peace. And it will be vital for them to persevere because destruction is coming and it won't be easy. And there's much they can learn from the widow who never gives up. She knows that unjust judge is her hope to obtain the justice due her. And he's the one 
ultimately the one who gave her justice because she kept coming. The literal interpretation for that phrase is that he was basically afraid she was going to deck him. It's a boxing term. I couldn't help but think of our book study on Wednesday evenings. And if you haven't been coming on Wednesday night to the suppers and to our Just Mercy book study, it's not too late. You can come this week and check us out. (laughs) Brian Stevenson is a lawyer who helps men and women on death row who have been wrongfully accused or who didn't get a fair trial. And he's up against very unjust judges in real time. Sadly, the storyline hasn't changed a whole lot from our gospel reading. Like the woman who has no means to provide bribes for the judge, pretty much all of Brian Stevenson's clients are lower income. But mostly, they're just not white. It takes constant persistence for Mr. Stevenson to keep going before the judge, each time taking more and more evidence that his clients was wrongfully accused into a system. This is when he was writing in early 2000s, into a system where payoffs and bribes were still part of the norm. The widow nor Brian Stevenson does not stay at home on their knees waiting for God in the judge's mind. Praying is a given. They have been praying. There are stories of people praying. Rather, they go to the one who can deliver justice and demand it. And asking God to act and taking action ourselves to bring about the just ends are not in conflict in any way. Author Stephen Wright suggests that when we pursue justice and take action, it is a form of prayer. God acts on behalf of the, on the widow's behalf through and despite the godliness, godlessness of the human authority figure. Wright says the judge stands for all those heartless individuals and regimes, both then and now, who have the power to right the wrongs but do not do so. He concludes by saying that changing the attitudes of such heartless individuals may be beyond what anyone can attain, obtain, but changing their behavior, getting them to do the right thing, can be enough to give someone a taste of God's kingdom on earth. When we pray and do not lose heart, we get to be part of what Jesus is trying to tell them about, the kingdom of God coming to earth. God's will is already done in heaven. Thy will be done as it is in heaven. We need it here. We need it now. And it takes each one of us to not lose heart as we pray, not only on our knees. That's vital. We need to do that. But we can pray with our hands, our feet, our influence, and our money. And in the words of St. Francis, we can use words 
only if necessary. Amen.